What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from PitcherList.com. My name is Nick Pollock, and today we're going to talk about the Washington Nationals, but if you have not seen the PitchCon schedule yet, what are you doing? Go to PitcherList.com slash PitchCon. Check it out. We're doing five days live streamed absolutely free. It's 11 hours a day, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Go to PitcherList.com slash PitchCon to watch. There are 50 prizes to win. That's completely free. You do not need to donate to the cause. And why are we doing it? We're doing it to raise $10,000 to combat ALS through Mass General Hospital. They have a fantastic research center there, recommended by Sarah Langs. And we are trying to raise $10,000 to donate to charity. So please come by for PitchCon. We have over 100 people there. We have so many unbelievable speakers. I mean, I, I can't express this enough. Ben Lindbergh is there. Meg Rowley is there. You know, Saris is there. Uh, Rhoda Ware is there, uh, Jared Diamond is there, um, I have a super secret event, or maybe two, I, it's, it's nuts, it's 55 hours of baseball stuff, it's 100% free, you do not need to donate to be eligible to win a prize, but just go see it, it's this Wednesday, that is January 24th until January 28th, I'm live streamed 11am to 10pm Eastern Time, pitchlist.com slash pitchcon, but alright, let's talk about the Nationals, Ah, uh, you can just avoid them. But Nick, Mackenzie Gore, we'll get to that. So Josiah Gray is the first one here. And I was initially intrigued by him. I was happy during the Scherzer Turner deal that Josiah Gray was going to have an open, uh, I guess, rain, free rain runway to get a lot of innings. He threw about 160 last year. And what I liked at first was that he seemingly had two breaking balls that would get whiffs. That would be the curveball and the slider. And then he had this four seam that also had double-digit whiffs on certain days. Um, and that would be really amazing, too, if you could do that consistently. Unfortunately, you can't. And this is why. One, the Nationals are really not the team for high fastballs. They actually, it seems like, actively say, we do not want high four-seamers. And it drives me up the wall because Josiah Gray has one of the best VAAs out there. He gets so low on delivery. Now, does he have good extension? No. Does he have good VAA? Sorry, uh, not VAA, IVB? No. Does he have elite velocity? No. But that VAA should at least allow him to excel more with those high four seamers. And when we see double digit whiffs on that fastball, what do you know? That's why. But he's not doing it. He's also throwing it at a sub 60% strike rate, which is just absurd to me. So the slider and the curveball are really the pitches that you would want to see. However, he's just not consistent with those either. And they have been 20% plus swing strike rate pitches. They're more like 15% or 10% now. And it's just, uh, it's not it. This is so, so volatile. He has too many home runs. He doesn't locate well enough. And I just have no reason to jump into Josiah Gray. I am so sorry. Uh, Mackenzie Gore is different. And I mean different as in, I actually think that there is a skill set here that is legitimate. 26% K rate last year. There, That's the number that you should be thinking like, oh, hold on a second. He does have whiffability. He has elements at work. Both his secondaries had at least a 17% swing strike rate. And the four-seamer was around 11%. The thing is, that was a 47% ICR as it only had a 50% high location despite being so good for elevation. And once again, the Nationals said, yeah, no, don't do this. Man, he has great extension. He has solid IVB. He has good enough VAA. He comes in at 95-96. It is made to be elevated, especially when you have a big curveball and a slider to tunnel off of it. But no, oh, we don't like high fastballs because they allow home runs and everything like that. I hate this mentality. It is just wrong. And he allows home runs anyway. 
it, it frustrates me. I don't think that Mackenzie Gore can be the pitcher we want him to be until he gets out of Washington. It's just how it is. Or they completely have an upheaval of their coaching staff. It's not going to happen. So it stinks. I can't buy into it. I think that Mackenzie Gore is just going to have games where he does it anyway. And it works out or something like that. But for actual consistency through the entire season that you want for a true breakout year, it's hard for me to buy into it. Not to mention there still is some elements of polish that are still... Uh, there are some elements of polish that need to be corrected. There you go. Or at least like applied uh, across the arsenal for Mackenzie Gore. Um, as his command is not amazing. I mean, it's a 60% strike rate in the slider. Same thing with the curveball. And it's just not quite there yet for everything. But man... If he could just elevate and be like, hey, cool, I'm just going to do this and that's it. Kind of like how Tyler Glasnow was feeling on the Pirates before he became a Tampa Bay Ray. Ugh, it drives me absolutely up the wall. And maybe, maybe things just change on a dime, right? And all of a sudden he just does it and it's great and he soars. That would be awesome. And hopefully that walk rate doesn't stay at 10%. It goes down to about closer to 8% or so. That means the whip can come down as the hipper nine should also be better as well because get this, the four seamer not being elevated makes it worse because the lower you get with a flat arm angle, the better it is for a batter. Bruh. <laughs> I mean, it's not completely flat. I wouldn't say that's the best attribute of this fastball. It's more that the extension in IVB, but still it's just, come on, man. Come on. Um, it drives me absolutely up the wall. So I don't want to jump into Mackenzie Gore in draft season because of this. I don't really think we're going to get to that moment. And it's just how it is. Um, now we have the other guys in the Nationals. And there may be something to lean on that is not in the majors yet. It's possible. Um, they have a lot of minor leaguers who might come up. The fringe stuff is not so interesting. The uh, The other three starters, maybe not. But we'll talk about all of those after this break. Jake Irvin exists. And you shouldn't really go into it. There are moments that he's able to go on both sides of the plate perfectly and really utilize that curveball um, the way that he wants to. But man, it's just not it. Um, no, the, the the shape of the four-seamer is really bad. He's good at jamming it to right-handers, but then he has sinkers and then he relies on backdoors called strikes against right-handers. And, and he throws it over 20% of the time to left-handers for a 50% ICR and... Uh, the curveball doesn't miss enough bats. When it does, it's nice. But, like, this is just not it. Don't go for Jake Irvin. Okay? Cool. Uh, Patrick Corbin. I mean, by the way, even though Jake Irvin increases velocity, it just didn't matter. Terrible shape shape on it, and the sinker's not good. Patrick Corbin. I remember the days. Of course we did. I remember being a Yankee fan and saying, oh, man, why didn't we pay for Corbin? How the Nationals doing this? This is so stupid. Well, um, yeah. Uh, he has not been good for a while. And I will mention that Corbin does go 180 innings, and it's not like... Every start is bad. It's like 25% of the time he's actually productive in your team. So keep that in mind that even when you're scraping the bottom of the barrel, there is a chance on a given night that Corbin actually does well. He still had an 18% swing strike around the slider. It's not like he doesn't miss any bats. He still misses some of them. And yeah, it's just a 58% strike rate though on that slider. And the, the four-seamer has a 43% ICR. The sinker has a lower one than I expected because it does really well against lefties, apparently. Um, I don't even think he necessarily jams them. I, but it, it's, it, it's, he's okay against lefties because that slider is just better, of course, against left-handers. But right-handers, he just gets destroyed. And it's, 
Yeah, not the old days of being able to put that slider down it in at the back foot and then being able to jam them inside with a fastball and stand them upright. And it's a new changeup that has a, oh cool, 50% strike rate. Never mind. It's all bad. Don't do this. Um, its slider is above average. It's just not what it needs to be. And there's no faith in it coming back. And let alone, of course, the fastball, despite being 93 at times, is still just not good enough anymore. So Patrick Corbin, I'm really sorry. And Trevor Williams, never Trevor. 17% K rate last year, and 8% walk rate, 11 hit per nine. His stuff, it's interesting, he does actually try to neckbeard it by going around the edges and stuff, but no, uh -uh. nothing misses bats enough. He has a 51% strike rate on his slider. You just never Trevor, okay? Just just stick with that and you're you're pretty safe, okay? Cool. Um, on the fringe, you have Yoana Don and, and Jackson Rutledge, and there's a moment, I remember, I think it was the last game of the year in 2022, maybe 2021, um, where it was kind of interesting of Yoana Don. I think it was Adonament issues is what I called it at the time. Um, and uh, for the SP Roundup, he was throwing hard and it looked like he had a good slider, but that's just not it anymore. The shape on that fastball isn't good. The slider is not consistent and neither has that curveball. And this is just not the life you want to live. Jackson Rutledge throws 94, 95, uh, actually 95, 96, I should say. Does not have IVB, does not have good VAA, does not have good extension. It's all the bad qualities. And it's why he does not get uh, any swing and miss that you would want. It is a decent slider that does have potential. Um, but yeah, this is not really a uh, a recipe for success with Rutledge. Um, which then leaves the, the prospects. And we're already at the prospects underneath 10 minutes, which is just shocking to say the least. Um, Yarlin Susanna is super, super interesting. He was acquired in the uh, the Soto deal um, with the, the Padres. Upper 90s fastball, uh, there's a video I have inside of the article at 103 miles per hour. And he has a low 90s slider as well. Um, he's super young, is the thing. Uh, he's just 19 years old. He'll need another year or two um, before uh, rising up in the Nationals organization. I hope that the four-seamer has a good enough shape and everything. I don't have the data on that. Um, velocity is good enough for the most part, right? But... Still, if you have good shape and that velocity, oh boy, uh, that's something else and allows you to be a two-pitch pitcher more. Look at Spencer Strider, right? So obviously know about Yarl and Susanna, um, but for this year, it's not going to happen. I mean, come on. Are they really going to make a 20-year-old into the majors at this point? Like that doesn't, no, right? I mean, really cool because they got nothing. They got nothing. There's nothing in this rotation. I mean, Mackenzie Gore, but no, um, DJ hers, I think it's hurts or hers. Um, we should probably see him, um, sooner rather than later. He had a, um, 15% swing strike rate mark with the Cubs and Nationals in 2023. He's a lefty with a fastball changeup and a breaker. He, he kind of looks like, uh, your, uh, your traditional lefty slinger that, you know, he has a bad walk rate, 14%, uh, walk rate. So he is going to get the call and likely be a shag, have the shag rug that is the young man's floor, right? Which is generally just saying you're volatile in your rookie year normally. Um, but he might be one of the more intriguing Nationals pitchers. I would even say of all Nationals pitchers this year, DJ Hers is number two of relevance for fantasy. It's Mackenzie Gore and then probably DJ Hers. Um, so I have some video for him um, inside of an article. It's from, I believe, MLB. Um, inside the article. You definitely want to watch that. You get a sense of it, but really lower that walk rate, DJ, and then you can actually be of interest. Uh, Cole Henry, um, reading report from Prospects Live, is a 94 mile per hour heater. 
uh, with uh, with potentially saying of a high four spin um, four seamer, a high spin four seamer, I should say, uh, with a uh, with a big curveball as well. Um, it's possible that he can develop into a third offering over time, and uh, I can kind of see him looking like Aaron Nola uh, with the uh, the heater and curve as his major things. But yeah, not really something that I'm jumping over everything to get right now. I just don't really know if that four-seamer is enough. And if that, you don't really see fastball curve guys anymore. You see fastball slider, and then usually it's a curve cutter or change as your other option for lefties. Um, Thaddeus Ward came over in a, um, I believe it was a Rule 5 thing. Um, I think I remember talking about him last year. He has such a good slider. The thing is, he doesn't have anything else. So... The Nationals could use him as a starter, but it seems like he's more suited for relief, and that's kind of it, so I'm not really considering this. Uh, I believe he was in the AFL as well uh, this past year, but it's really just a cool-looking Chazro-esque slider, and then that's it. And last but not least it is Cade Cavalli, who was someone I was curious about entering last year, and I remember seeing for a moment, and then I was like, absolutely not, or maybe it was actually 2022. He had Tommy John right before the start of 2023. Uh, the velocity was above 95. He was sometimes at 97, 98. Uh, and the, even the video I have from 2021 is showcasing a 98 mile per hour fastball. Um, but the heater shape wasn't good. And it's possible that he comes back from Tommy John, relearns his mechanics, is able to really improve the shape of that four-seamer. This is what happens sometimes when guys get Tommy John. They are able to start over a bit and uh, and really get rid of elements of their delivery that... Um, that were holding them back prior. Um, Tyone talked about that, and it was pretty cool to hear that. Saying like, yeah, that's an interesting part of the process. So it's possible that his four-seamer gets better. He has a nice curveball then as his normal number two, and then the changeup that he sometimes flashed um, as being plus uh, could then take shape. But yeah, that's not really an expectation I would have. Of course, the Nationals are going to be careful. We don't really even know when he's going to come back. The mid-season or so, there's no way he's going to show up this year. And then uh, it's all about um, kind of seeing that development for 2025 instead. But all right, that is it. That is it for the Nationals. It's a short one today because it's the Nationals and it's really just uh, just Mackenzie Gore and hers. <laughs> hers? Really? Um, maybe some Cole Henry. Maybe some Thaddeus Ward. But like, you know... I mean, Yarl and Susanna is going to be really interesting to watch um, over the years. But uh, but that is it. So my name is Nick Pollock, and may your babips below and your strikeouts high.